Hello, everyone. My name is Michael Federico, sports director here at WSU Sports. I'm joined alongside the great, the legendary Kenny Albert. Thank you again so much for joining us and taking time out of your very busy day, I'm, I'm sure, to uh, come and speak with us. Thanks, Mike. Great to be here. So let's get right into the questions. You have been, you know, worked in college radio. You went to New York University. How's your time at WNYU, especially in that sports department? How has that helped you translate into your professional career? Well, such great memories from my college days, which were back in the late 80s, early 1990s at NYU. Uh, we worked at the college radio station myself and five or six of my good friends, and we called men's and women's basketball games. We had a great Division three program at NYU, and we got to broadcast the home games and travel with the teams on the road, and we would rotate positions, play-by-play, color analyst, statistician, producer, engineer, and we all got to learn about uh, the different roles uh, as a member of the broadcast team, and uh, it was a terrific four years there. That's awesome. That's, that's what we do here at, at WCU, switching roles. It's, it's awesome to hear someone as high as you to, to be doing the same thing, especially you're in the same shoes as we were. Obviously, there's so many great broadcasters. We're lucky enough to be in the New York metro area where we have Mike Breen, Gary Cohen, Sam Rosen, you, just to name a few. Your father, obviously, is a Hall of Fame broadcaster, including your dad. What broadcasters did you look up to? And I don't want to say help shaped your career because you, you take you know your own style but what broadcasters did you look up to that that inspired you and helped you throughout your path well there are so many great broadcasters in this area we're so fortunate to have uh 11 professional teams between uh basketball hockey football baseball soccer so growing up i was a big radio listener we didn't have cable tv until i was about 17 believe it or not our area wasn't wired for cable so i would listen to yankees mets rangers Knicks, Nets, Devils, Islanders, Giants, Jets. I would listen to all the games on the radio. would also watch on television when they were on over-the-air TV. And when I think back to those days, uh, aside from my family members, uh, broadcasters such as, uh, you mentioned Sam Rosen, Howie Rose on hockey, Doc Emmerich, uh, broadcasters with the basketball teams and uh, going way back, Marty Glickman, I remember listening to his uh, games during my childhood when he called the Giants and the Jets. And then the Yankees and Mets both had three broadcasters, and they would rotate. With the Mets, it was Lindsey Nelson, Bob Murphy, and Ralph Kiner. With the Yankees, it was Phil Rizzuto, Bill White, and Frank Messer. They would rotate between radio and television. So um, all of the broadcasters you mentioned, from Mike Breen right on down, Gary Cohen, uh, Ian Eagle, Michael Kay, uh, some of my colleagues and contemporaries. But I'll still listen to as many sports as I can. And this coming basketball season, I'll have to check out WSOU. Awesome, Kenny. I appreciate it. Now, you talk about calling – all the sports you call, all four major sports you call the Olympics. Is there one particular game or I would just say sport that really sticks out to you the most? I, you have so much experience, with, especially with the NFL the last 30 years. So much has happened. What particular moment has really stuck out to you that not necessarily defined your broadcasting career but felt like was a staple in your broadcasting career? Ironically, the one that I get asked about the most often, although I do a lot more football and hockey than baseball, is the Bautista home run and bat flip back in 2015 up in Toronto in the American League Division Series. That was uh, an iconic memory for the fans of the Blue Jays and all across Canada. So I get asked about that one pretty frequently. In football, there are so many different games and and moments. Um, I think back to the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown for the Giants against the Jets back in 2011, sort of the springboard to the Giants going on to win Super Bowl 46. I had uh, a memorable Michael Vick 46-yard touchdown run in overtime early in his career with Atlanta. 
Terrell Owens stomping on the Cowboy star when he was a member of the 49ers. Uh, a great Saints-49ers playoff game in, in January 2012. Last season, a uh, crazy ending in Las Vegas in a game between the Raiders and the Patriots with laterals and a Chandler Jones interception. So uh, a number of them in football. In hockey, I've been fortunate enough to call hockey at six Winter Olympics, the women's gold medal game in, in Pyeongchang in 2018, the USA beat Canada in a shootout. Um, I've called a total of 10 Stanley Cup finals between the radio and, and TV side, two of the last three on TV. Uh, when the Rangers won in 94, I was a young broadcaster at the time, but I called that series an NHL radio, so that would certainly be up there as well. Growing up in the New York area, and calling New York sports. How hard is it sometimes to find the, the fine line between being a so-called homer and calling it as you see it? I think most broadcasters who have grown up in New York and work professionally in New York um, try to call it down the middle. Obviously, when you're working for a specific team, you want your team to win, go far in the playoffs, because that's better for you and your broadcast. But we don't necessarily root on the air. You have to give the other team credit when they do something well. So there is certainly that fine line. In your professional opinion, what is the hardest sport to prepare for, hardest sport to call, and do you have a favorite sport that you call? Well, whenever I'm asked about a favorite sport, it's like asking which kid you like better. <laughs> and I'm fortunate to have two kids and work four sports. Um, the preparation, I go through the same checklist for each sport. It involves a lot of reading and watching prior games and going to practices and talking to players and coaches and preparing charts, pouring through statistics. The volume of time, uh, as far as the preparation, is a lot heavier in football because there's only one game a week, but we're also calling games of teams we might not have seen all season. Um, and there are, there are you know 50-plus players in each roster. So I probably spend 20, 30, maybe even 40 hours preparing for a football game. In hockey and basketball, the teams are playing a lot more frequently, so you watch many of their games, and you're keeping up with the teams, reading about the teams. So it's similar preparation as far as what I do, but not as many hours. And final question for you, Kenny. Do you have any advice for young broadcasters who are either here at WSOU or just in radio or TV anywhere else in the country? Do you have any advice for young broadcasters? My best advice, Mike, would be, A, to get as much experience as possible whether it's in high school, in college, during internships or actual jobs, getting the reps. I did minor league hockey for two years in Baltimore, 160 games, and it was such a great experience. Just uh, being involved with the team, um, had to also do some PR, sales, marketing, chipped in wherever they needed me. So uh, another piece of advice would be, even if it's not the exact area that you're interested in, jump right in, never say no. Awesome, Kenny. Thank you so much for your time. Again, my name is Michael Federico with WSU Sports, joined alongside the great Kenny Albert. You can check out more of his stories in the inside of the broadcasting life in his new book, A Mic for All Seasons, coming out October 10th. Thank you again so much for your time, Kenny. Thanks, Mike. Really enjoyed it. That's a Mike M-I-C, not M-I-K-E. <laughs> Although here at Seton Hall, you are a Mike for All Seasons. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Mike.